Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And welcome to Under the Covers with Lisa and Nick. So we are joined by a very, very special guest this morning. Nick is actually, I'd say, a super fan (laughs) of this gentleman. So he is the most iconic big wave surfer of all time. He apparently started surfing when he was three years old. I don't even know if I was able to stand when I was three years old, to be honest. I've heard that he's broken most of the bones in his body at some stage. He, on August the 17th, 2000 or 2000 in Tahiti, he surfed the Millennium Wave, which is widely regarded as the heaviest wave ever surfed. Nick describes him as having balls of steel. And I heard that he was, well, Nick told me this urban legend, we need to get him to clarify that he was <laughs> in a zero gravity environment. So welcome to the show, Laird Hamilton. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, that was quite an introduction. I don't know if I can live up to that, but I'll, I'll, I'll try my best right now. <laughs> the urban legend I heard when I was young was uh, Laird Hamilton was born in a zero gravity environment. Well, the truth is, from. well, the truth is, is that uh, my mom, uh, it was in San Francisco and my mom was, was involved in a, in a study at the university of San Francisco where they put like a, it looked like a reverse hair dryer. You know those old ladies' hair dryers that go over the head. Yep. But it was actually a vacuum, and it would suck on the abdominal uh, wall and allow the fetus to move freely. And they and they did that like every couple of days during the last trimester. Oh, wow. So it it they said it they said it was supposed to have a, a you know profound effect on the on the fetus, but we're you know, I guess it was just too expensive to implement later on because yep. there's so many people and then you know, women aren't going to come in the last trimester every couple of days to get their stomach vacuumed or whatever. But it was, it was, it was said to just allow freedom uh, for the fetus to move more freely inside, inside the, uh, in the womb. But we're not sure if it, that was good or bad. Well, there's a little bit of truth to that urban legend. There's a little yeah, there is. There's a little, there's there's a little, little always a little truth somewhere. somewhere you know. Well, I feel like you're living proof that it worked really well. So... <laughs> You know, the jury's still out and it's not over yet. So but at this point, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'll say thank you. Well, I think my mom, actually, I think my mom did it because she couldn't afford uh, to uh, have like a, it was more like they were, she was going to have a free, free birthing at the hospital if she went through the thing. So it was like a, a way to, you know, it was like a charity case. I'm like a charity case. <laughs> we turned out really well. So. <laughs> Thank you. I, don't ask my daughters. They, they have a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I was, I was reading recently that you rode um, a, a wave that was over 100 feet uh, in height, but it wasn't recorded for some reason. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're always kind of leery about, you know, saying things like, you know, making claims, like, yeah. which seems to be pretty commonplace in this world uh now and i just grew up in a in a way that we just you know you don't talk like that um but but we know that we were in surf that was you know in excess of 100 feet and and uh and there was no documented evidence there's a there's a depiction of the story uh in susan casey the writer susan casey's book called the wave Uh, she interviews all the guys that were in the water that day and there was four of us uh out there and it was just, it was, it was one of those freak, uh, freak storm conditions and, and, uh, and just one of those, you know, it, the irony of the, the truth was, is that I had been 
involved in, you know, every time we were, we were surfing at Jaws, which was the, like the premier place where we were riding these giant waves during that time, we would, we were, you know, most of the time things were being filmed and, and I was getting kind of, uh, just discouraged by it like I mean I guess I should be honored you're like hey you should be you know honored that you're getting filmed or things are being filmed but you know it, it started to become like not fun it was like a work thing like our you know cameraman and shooting and you know uh, I guess they, the the little tribes people always believe that if you take a picture it's a piece of your soul and so uh, you know we had that mentality a little bit like every every session and the scrutiny that goes around that and so we were wanting to have a, you know, a, one of the, uh, just a, a, a monumental moment without any documentation and, and sure, you know, lo and behold, we, we got that. And, and that, that day was, uh, that was probably some of the biggest surf uh, I've ever definitely been in. I, 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 we had recently, we were in Nazare for some giant surf, but the day, that one day in particular on, on Maui, um, that was, yeah, that was, and I had, I had people that are experts at kind of understanding, you know, judgment of length and heights and, and some guys that, it, that were credible. So it wasn't just something we made up in our head. <laughs> Mate, that's, that's incredible. I've got to ask the question, what kind of, what, what compels you? So when you're, you're used to these giant waves, what compels you to go, all right, I'm going to go tackle this beast and, just, and ride it. Like what's kind of, is it, is, do you enjoy the fear? Is it the adrenaline? What kind of, and I, what gets you off about it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's probably a combination of both. I, I, I think I always reject uh, the, that, the, the adrenaline junkie term, you know, yeah. that title. I think that that's a, I, I, I just, I always feel like, like that's undermining. It's like a disclaimer for not, uh, for, uh, you know, this, the amount of energy and time and, and effort and skill uh, that we put into being able to do this uh, and, and, and the, and the diligence that we go about doing it. Um, you know, I just feel like that's a, that's a, a write up, but you know, there's a, I think there's an aspect to all of it. I think it's a, you know, I told somebody that day when the surf was giant, I said, if I told you that over that hill, there was, there was going to be a dinosaur. It was a huge, and, and all we had to do was just hike over the hill and we could go see a dinosaur. Wouldn't you want to go? And they'd be like, well, of course, yeah, would, of course you would. And so in a way, you know, these waves for me, they, they remind me of dinosaurs. They're like, you know, they, 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 they don't exist yeah. in, 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 right today, but then they exist for a moment and then they're gone and they're gone forever. And they're only back again, but there's something new when they come. And, and so in a way it's a little bit like that. They're like rare. I mean, of course, how you feel when you, when you finish something like that, you, yeah. you, you feel accomplished, which, doesn't happen a lot, you know, in living. <laughs> so Mate, it's, it's all incredible. that, you know. So I read recently that you said age is basically just a state of mind. So it doesn't matter if you're forty or sixty; it's it's how you how you are mentally. Are you still riding um, these ginormous waves at fifty six? If you don't mind me saying, yeah. Um, are you still? Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, are you still tackling these absolute monsters. Well, I, like, like I said, February, we just, we were in Portugal at this place called Nazare, which is now considered one of the premier big waves in the world right now. And we had, we had an, an enormous day there uh, that, you know, was up there with one of the biggest days I've ever uh, been in the water, but we were high, riding hydrofoils, yep. um, which, which are boards that fly kind of off the water that are a lot faster than 
the conventional equipment. So, you know, to answer your question, yes, um, I, I, I am uh, not, you know, I think less with something to prove um, that I had, that I did when I was, you know, 18. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, but what happened, what happens is, is, is I think that you go through some wanting to something to prove. Um, and then if that was the reason why you were doing it, then once you do that, then you're kind of done. Um, and for me, it's, I love, I really, really, it's, it's what I do. It's who I am. It's, yeah. it's, and so, and, and, and I do it for myself. Um, and so, uh, that until that changes, I'll continue to pursue it. I do it a little differently, um, in the sense of that we're riding different equipment. We approach it, you know, obviously after doing it for all this time, we have, we approach it differently, but, you know, we still train, um, with readiness, you know, so to be ready. So if somebody said today, Hey, you know, it's going to be a hundred feet and you got to fly somewhere over there, you know, that, that we're kind of, we're in that mind state and that, that, uh, you know, that, that physical readiness to be able to do it. So I, I, you know, I'm still in that, in that, uh, in that frame of mind. And, and, you know, I think that that's the, probably the critical element of it. I think that, that it's the frame of mind. I think, you know, when people stop doing things, it's, it's, I think because they stop being emotionally prepared to do it and yeah. not physically, I think that, you know, you can lift weights and be strong and, do that for a long time but i think the mental the mental especially when it comes to risk i think that 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 the mental preparedness and the ability to take risk especially when you get older you get a family you get a whole thing there's like and 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 then the fact is you've done them done it a bunch of times and yeah. you've probably gotten away with you know gotten away with it a few times that you might maybe you thought you shouldn't have and and so i think that that that's the bigger element i think the the mental preparation and, and preparedness is a is more of a challenge but for me personally i i still have that the love for it um part of it is the elusiveness of it it's not you know it's not evil knievel where there's a big ramp and i can just go down there on any day and you know go full speed and see how far i can fly mm. uh, but yeah i think there's a lot of factors but it definitely um brings me a some uh, a sense of purpose and and uh and something that, you know, that I'm, I mean, I, I love the ocean. I love riding. I love the sensation of the, of that, of riding, like of that motion of, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, a bird flying, a dolphin swimming. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 a, it's, it's one of the few places I think I find kind of solid, you know, like a peacefulness and a solitude that, that takes away all this other stuff that, you know, all this, you know, all this, uh, curfews and COVID and just all the things that are going, that we're getting bombarded with on land uh, at every minute. And so, um, yeah. And, and like right now I'm going through a little bit, it's been a while. And so I'm like, okay, it's great, but I'm, you know, I'm ready for a, a, a season to start and ready for some, you know, some big waves to come. Actually love being, oh, okay. Sorry, Lisa, I just, but like you mentioned something about risk versus reward. So when does the reward outweigh the risk? So if you're riding these hundred foot monsters and, and you obviously got a family and kids, like, do you go, all right, I'm going to maybe pull it in a bit. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to keep going. Cause I enjoy it that much. 
Well, you know, and that's something I've, I've thought a lot about and, and I'm got asked a lot about yeah. over the years. And, you know, I think a big, uh, I think a critical part of that is I, I think it's important for my children to see me um, for who I am yeah. and to see me what I look like after I do it, what I look like before I do it, um, because that's part of who I am. That's part of my essence. And so if I don't want to do it anymore, um, I, I wouldn't. I, I think I shouldn't stop. I shouldn't do it because them, I shouldn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't ask me to come in the world and, and, and I shouldn't put that burden on them. Like, well, I used to, you know, go out and do all these things, but now I don't because of you guys. Well, that's, that's kind of lame and not, not so, not, that's not so cool of me. Now, if I do, if I stop wanting to do it because I feel like, Hey, I don't want to put myself in that kind of a risk because I am a dad and this and that. Okay. But don't, but, but that's something different. And, and so, uh, and, and the way I go about it, you know, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm fortunate because, because I'm able to do it how I want, when I want. And so I can use kind of some of my instincts to guide me and, and I can use my wife's intuition and, to guide me. And she goes, Hey, you know, something, I don't feel good about this or something. I'll be like, Hmm, she does. Okay. That, then I'll be, able, I'll be cautious or I won't go today kind of thing. So we use that um, as our thing. And then when we're doing it, we, we, we operate, you know, we operate kind of as best we can within our experience and our understanding. And, you know, we, we, we do it in a way uh, that, that, you know, there's a, um, I, I worked on a, a movie called Waterworld and, 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 oh, with Kevin Costner. Yeah, I actually read about that yesterday. <laughs> so I was with Kevin. I was with Kevin on that. I doubled for Kevin a little bit. And Kevin Costner at the end of the film, and I got lost in sea during the filming of the thing. Yeah. And I had a bunch of stuff going on. But he said to me, and he looked straight at me, he goes, Be as safe as you can be. And then I thought, Well, the way he said it was, It's be as safe as I could be, me personally, not be as safe as someone can be. Because if, that was the case and I just sit in my couch and never move but be as safe as I could be so I can do things that are dangerous in a way and perceived dangerous and I can do them safely given my understanding and so I try to do you know that's what I try to go about doing and and uh, and and what I really what I find the most interesting really ultimately is just doing things that I haven't done I think that's the that's the part that I'm really enthralled by is doing things I haven't done and and so, you know, I've done uh, some of these things that I've done. I don't need to go back and redo them because mm -hmm. that's your, ego. you know, your ego comes in and then your ego is like, okay, well, you can do that. You should show those guys how well you can do that. Like you and you're, I'm like, yeah, no, I did that. Right? I don't need to like, that's your ego. And like, yeah. And it's important to kind of try to find, and you can f have a battle with your ego trying to feed it or just be like, Hey, what do I really, you know, what is, what really interests me? Uh, and doing things I haven't done that interests me. And so I had never, I had never been on giant waves with a hydrofoil, you know, going fast, riding long. I mean, there's a bunch of, I have a bunch of kind of personal goals that there are these things I haven't done. Do you feel that you're naturally, because obviously I feel like you're someone who doesn't shy away from risk and you're not, I guess, scared of fear, but I would say that a lot of people out there are so scared to make decisions. And when I was reading your book, Life Rider, what really struck me was, and I love that you were talking about, you know, your body and health and wellness and tying that into business because you were talking about, uh, you know, fear and death and the fact that, you know, a lot of the time when you're going out in the water, it's like life or death decisions that you're making. And I think about a lot of us and we're sitting in a comfy 
office and yeah. we're scared sometimes to take a risk and I go how embarrassing when I when I really <laughs> reflect it's like this is not a life or death decision that we're making here yet you're doing the, that on the daily so are there any tips that you can give to people who maybe aren't necessarily you know um I guess naturally prone to taking risks to help them I guess overcome any fear that they might have well, I mean, first of all, one of them, one thing I can say is you let's try to avoid uh, regret. And so <laughs> if you don't want to, you know, look back and, and in your life and have regrets, then you, you better be prepared to take some risks. And, you know, we have a saying, no risk, no reward. Um, there's also another great saying that there's great honor in a failed attempt, but no honor and no attempt. Mm -hmm. And I think I sometimes that. I think we... We, uh, you know, we have a tendency to, to, to overanalyze things and, and our, I always say the imagination is greater than reality. The truth is you can imagine, you know, tell me how many times you haven't imagined something to be way more horrific or, or bad or just whatever you just, your imagination always inflates it. And then after, when you go into the situation, you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, why do we even have that statement? Why do we even make a statement that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be? Because, yeah, because you always think it's going to be because the, the brain is designed specifically to run the worst possible scenario. So you, it's to keep you from, you know, to avoid the, you from really having the bad situation. So it just runs every possible scenario, the worst possible outcome. And so if you fall victim to that, then you just, then don't leave your house. Then don't, then, then at that point, but at that point, I would just say, then you're probably dead already. So the only thing that's going to happen next is you're just going to die, but you're already living like you're dead because you, you have to, you know, life is a risky business. I mean, just being alive is, is a, it, there's a lot of risk being alive. You're breathing air. If you stop breathing, you die. I mean, it's, so I think we, I think we have a tendency to falsely kind of, inflate our sense of security, especially in this modern world. I mean, COVID is kind of bringing something out in people right now because it's bringing the presence of death yeah. and it had a name. And it's, you know, it's like the name of death right now is called COVID, but death is always present. Death is always here. And, and it's just, in, it's more obvious in certain situations. If you go, Hey, look at that guy jumping out of that plane or that guy jumping off that cliff or that base jump skydiver or giant big wave rider. I mean, those are obvious dangers, right? But walking across a sidewalk, getting in a car, driving past another car at, you know, 70 miles an hour, these are, these are dangerous things. I mean, and people die every day from this stuff and no one's going, wow, that's a, that was a sure dangerous drive to the market you had right then. So in a way, I think it's a more, it's a, it's a more honest way to live. And I think you just, you know, I think you need to, and that didn't, and that being said, don't be stupid. Like it's not foolhardy where I'll just chuck myself off this cliff and, you know, maybe I'll land and maybe I won't. Uh, no, it's a, I think you want to be a little more methodical, but you have to be willing to take risks. I just, you, you, otherwise you're going to miss every, you're going to miss every great thing there is. It's life. Yeah. 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 I think you nailed it. I think COVID's definitely brought out the fear in people. My my, um, my parents, my in-laws, they always say we're too old. They won't leave the house and they've tapped out mentally. So physically yeah. they're here, but mentally it's like they're, yeah. they're basically, and I love them to pieces, but they're basically ready to die or waiting to die. Yeah. They just, it's, they're only, well, that's out of it's mind, it blows my, it blows my mind. Like, why are you tapping out so early? 
Well, they're probably tired raising kids. I mean, I'm listening, right? I'm right in the middle of parenting. I'm like, your kids were sent here to tire you out so you can die. I mean, at a certain point, <laughs> just come kill me. Like at a certain point, you know, they just, they, just, they, just, they just work you all day long every day. And then, I mean, they're, 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 they're sent here to worry out so you can die and they can take over. I mean, that's part of it. <laughs> Wait till they stop dating. So I'm still, I'm still in the early days. I'm still got yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just, you don't even know what's coming, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, when they start dating, it's going to break my heart. I don't even talk oh, about yeah. it. I'd love to talk about um, your training methods. Obviously you're in incredible shape. And I've obviously been following you for many, many years. Love to know your training strategies. I'm pretty sure it's more than just lifting lead and just doing bench press. Keen to understand how you train. Um, is it is it water? Is it weights? Is it just movement? Um, you might love well, to know more about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think. I mean, and it's and it's. And I don't. I, I think I'm not the only one, but I think you you always feel like you're not in shape and you need to be in better shape. Yeah. So I just think that that's like the overriding thing that's just always hanging over you, right? You're just like, yeah, I haven't done enough. And what did I do today? And da, 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 and all that, all those scenarios, you know, I, I know for, I, I know uh, that variety for me is, 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 the, is the key. I know I really like diversity, like different things, um, different modalities, um, you know, I have, I have XPT, which obviously is a, is a, is a kind of a, is a brand, but it's XPT is really kind of more like a lifestyle uh, program that's kind of based around some of our, I would say fitness philosophies. But, you know, when you talk about how I, you know, how, how, how I train, you know, um, I would describe it like I go to bed at eight thirty nine 9 o'clock every night. I would, you know what I mean? Like, I sleep well. Uh, I eat. I eat well. Um, you know. I I do heat and ice. I do breath work. I mean, you know, what I watch is usually based on things that you know that information that's that's you know helping me kind of be be healthier and and stuff. So uh, almost every aspect of 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 my lifestyle is, is kind of geared towards trying to be healthier um, yeah. and, and learn more about about health and, 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 uh, and I, and I like, I like fun. I like fun. And I know that I work harder when I'm having fun. Um, I, I, I get there and there's a recently I've been, um, a friend of mine, Stephen Kotler, who's writing, he's, he's writing, uh, he does a lot of work on flow state. He's writing a new book, um, called the art called the art of impossible. But, you know, he talks about, uh, that, you know, that, that, that monotony is a killer of motivation. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, and, and, and I know, and I, and I, I know, I know that, you know, better than anyone. Like if I'm, if I'm in a drudgery of a certain routine, it's just a killer. So I'm always looking for new things uh, to kind of keep shocking the body and to keep, you know, to keep, but, but, you know, I, I, I like to lift. I like to do cardio, I like rowing and biking and, I'm, I'm do, I use stand up bike because the position of conventional biking is not great, but I do a bunch of pool training where we, we train with weights in the pool. Um, I do isolated breath work. Um, I do, uh, you know, and, and then again, a variety of stuff, a, 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 you know, uh, uh, just a mixture and hybrids and always trying to make, you know, cr kind of 
develop new exercises and new new routines just to keep interested to keep yep. it to keep it to keep me interested and to keep challenged um so you know i'm 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 i look into uh you know and and but but all with all of it with the intention for performance yep. so all the time always thinking about okay does this make is this going to make me you know foil better like am i going to perform better like am i or can i row longer and harder can i you know can i do these can i you know can i can i dig a ditch better can i i mean can i it's 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 it's, it's the thought is to be to perform better right can i dig, can I dig a ditch better there you go. yeah no but i'm just saying can i yeah, dig yeah, a ditch yeah, to perform like as a, as an organism, is this going to, or am I going to look buff and am I going to be all jacked, but I give you a shovel and you can't even dig a hole. And I'm like, well, what good are you? Like, yeah. so I'm always thinking about it that way. Like what, you know, and, and is it swimming? Is it running? Is it climbing? Is it, you know, it's like all of the, and you know, what are you doing? And again, thinking of the organism that way, like in performance, uh, performance based, uh, you know, and given my sports of, you know, of interest as well. Um, if I was, maybe if I was running into people, I might want a little more weight and be a little thicker, um, you know, eh, but I'm, but I'm not, but waves are running into me. So I need to be durable. So there's all of that, you know, there's all of, all that stuff, but I, I really love the water. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, and I'm really into thermal regulation. I like heat and ice as training uh, to use as training environments. So I like to, do stuff like I have a couple of drills we've been doing lately where we do this like a 30 second to a minute cardio kind of a sprint either on a salt bike or a rowing machine or some kind of something to jack your heart rate rate up and I'm, taking, I'm go, taking notes here by the way I'm, I love this and, stuff. You <laughs> and you sit in a nice tub for a minute um with your heart you know maximum like not maximum heart rate but you're jacked up and then you sit for a minute and then you go back on the bike and then you go again on the rower or the bike and then you go back in the ice and you do that back and forth and you just get absolutely annihilated and so um and, and that's just a, that's a very simple thing it's not it's not like a tricky thing so it's it's i i do i i, I am good uh with a level of suffering i think i have a i think i have a, a i think i connect suffering to benefit i just go you know what there's got to be a level of suffering in it um more than than an aesthetic uh, I don't know. I just think, I think of, I think of suffering somehow, somehow suffering. And, you know, maybe that's some kind of, maybe I should get rid of that. Maybe or something. No, that's great. Don't get rid of it. <laughs> that's what makes you, because you can push, almost push through the pain and you knew that's how you become great. Yeah. That yeah. was your, you said, yeah, I think you were saying in an interview that I read that it's like the secret to you staying fit is your ability to suffer. And I think that's really true because I think of an ice bath and I just think no, no chance in hell, but you're going to get those rewards because you can push your body to the extreme when other people can't. So I think that's really interesting. I was actually reading that you do a lot of work with your feet and I know that Nick does grounding, um, but you, you're talking about doing a golf, like doing this exercise with a golf ball on your feet. And I love the quote that you used because you said you're in the business of balance. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about it doesn't necessarily have to always make you look better because obviously with what you do on standing on the board, being really connected and aware of what's happening with your feet and the sensation of being on the board and, and riding the waves. Like that's not, you're not going to have ripped feet, for example, if you're working out your feet or, or spending time on your feet, but it's so crucial to what you yeah. do. So I think that's, it's a really interesting approach. 
Yeah, well, you know, again, it, it's about performance, right? So, and and there, and sometimes there's a disconnection between aesthetic and performance, right? So some, and and there is an aesthetic value to to performance. Things that perform will have an aesthetically pleasing thing, but it, but I my my fitness is not based around aesthetic even though i have the vanity to want to like oh yeah okay ripped and you know pecs and this and that but i go yeah but you know you can do a bunch of bench press get some big nice pecs and all of a sudden you're top heavy you you lose the range of motion in your Mm -hmm. arms just there's so there's there's like a a dance between those those you know the the two the you know the the angel and the devil you know, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I got to, you know, you want to be buffed or whatever. And the other one's like, no, it's about performance and, and, and ultimately injury prevention, right? Protection. Like you want to be mobile and flexible enough to take, to take, a, take crashes and wipe out and, and uh, you know, and, and, and then also the recovery, the speed of recovery, right? The speed, um, you know, I, I always, I mean, injury and in, in recovering from injury is actually a skill. I mean, you get a skill out of it. When you've been hurt enough times, you start getting good at recovering. Um, and and because, the, because the recovery will dictate when you can perform again. So if you're not good at recovering, then you could be out for a, you know, for a season or something. And, and so if you're good at recovery, then all of a sudden, you know, you, you're, you're back in, you're back in the game again. And, and the game for me is the game is game of life. Right. So, so back in the game is, is just, is is back in life functioning and 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 that's why you know uh, i think that's why it's you know it's important not to get complacent i think that you you can you can be you can just get complacent and then and then that 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 will be the killer of everything right complacency will just just it'll 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 take away your you know your it'll take away all the things you love Mate, when you when you get injured, what type of things do you do to recover? Do you take is it stem cells, PRP, peptides, or anything, or just is it purely sure. just sure? Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I don't discriminate. I mean, I'm not. I don't love. I'm not a. a, a I'm not a big fan of like synthetic, like okay, t- testosterone or growth hormone and those kind of things. I'm I'm a little leery um, of some of that stuff. Like if you said, hey, take your blood, spin it, and injected in the wound area I'm like I'm all in you know like I I I like to try to find things in nature like plant forms hopefully or you know forms that are coming from nature that are that that you know and peptides obviously or that that's something a little that you know that's kind of in the middle um you know uh, and so and I and I and and I um and some of it you know you try and it doesn't really do, do anything. I mean, you know, like you get a cup of coffee and you get jacked up. I mean, that's just caffeine. Like, and you do some of these other things, and you're like, I don't even know if this thing's even doing anything for me, right? So, some of it's that. But I, I'm, you know, uh, one thing. Okay, I'll, I'll give you something that I learned, which it's kind of like the good and the bad news. But um, the good news, well, the the truth about healing is, is that the more pain you have, the better you heal. Uh, or should I say, the more pain you can endure. Yeah. the faster you heal because the pain is the, is the mechanism that produce, so produces the IGF-1 hormone, which is the hor- healing hormone. So, and the healing hormone is produced when you have pain. So when you suppress pain in any way, whether it's Advil or ice or, or, or whatever way you're suppressing pain, you're actually suppressing the hormone production that is the healing hormone. So 
and I, and I learned this, I had my hip, uh, I got a hip replacement uh, a couple years now. And then, uh, and then I was able to not actually have anesthesia. I got a, I got a spinal block. And then, and then after I was going to do ice, but then I started learning about uh, that ice was, was uh, kind of slowed IGF one production. So then I went, I did STEM and I did a bunch of intense STEM for, for pain control, um, just from fatiguing, the, fatiguing the pain, the stuff. But what I learned in that during that particular time, which intuitively kind of sense, but was that that pain, your in, your ability to handle pain actually is what promotes healing. And the more pain you can endure, the faster you heal because any suppression will 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 drag out the process. And uh, you know, and so that's why I call it the good and the bad news. But you heal faster um, that way. But, you know, I'm not, um, but again, eating really good, being yeah. hydrated, you know, pr promoting your body's natural healing systems. I mean, that's all about that, right? It's all about that is the, that is the, uh, that's the real heal, you know, that's the real peptide if, at the end of the day is supporting your system in a way to help, to help whether you're, whether you're, you know, doing a bunch of bone broth or, 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 you know, for, for that, for broken, you know, that kind of healing or, or something like that, right. Where you're, where you're, where you're promoting, you know, through, through, I mean, I have all, I'm always looking for cool, uh, you know, like I like Sheila Jit. This is, uh, I don't know if you don't, Sheila Jit is, it's a uh, natural occurring tar in nature that I, 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 it's like if you composted for a thousand years and at the end you end up with a tar and it's a, uh, uh, and, but it's like the small, it, it, it's the nano, nano uh, minerals. So it has n minerals in the smallest, the smallest form, which means they're the most bioavailable and most absorption. And, and, uh, and, the, and they're, they're Himalayas and Siberia are the two places that act, they naturally occur this tar. And I've been using it for a long, long time, but, but that's an example of just one of the things um, that you're looking for, you know, whether it's cordyceps or lion's mane or mataki or chaga mushrooms or, you know, what, just all of those things. I mean, that's for me, I go, this is the way you're going to heal yourself. You're going to heal yourself with food yeah. and ultimately like, I want to say superfoods, but like things that are nutrient dense that, that I think that's, that's where, that's where I believe the real, you know, the real healing is it's, it might not give you big muscles. If like, if you, you know, take a bunch of testosterone and lift weights all day, but that's not what I'm, you know, interested in. And do you eat this tar? Is this edible, this tar? This... Uh, yeah, you mix it in hot water. You can drink it. You can drink it uh, in a tea. You just mix, I mix it with chaga, but you yeah. just mix it up with hot water and, uh, and, and it just dissolves into like a, it looks a little bit like a dark, it looks like a black tea or something. But yeah, it's, nice. it, What's was, the... yeah, it, What's the craziest thing you've eaten or done for your health? Because I, I love talking to Nick because he's always telling me, like he does stem cell stuff and he eats all this weird stuff and he does crazy things. I'm always, I actually enjoy listening to him. Like what crazy things are you doing now? But I'm sure that you would have done even crazier things. No, no, no. But, but like Sheila Jit, like Sheila Jit is, is, is some pretty, like when you smell it, I told somebody it smells like, like new bandages. Like I'm writing this down. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's like, delicious. <laughs> but you know what it is too. I guess I, I, it's also too. What do you do consistently? You know yeah. what I mean. Like, what does everything look like consistently? I think that's the that's the bigger thing. You know, is like like it's one thing to dabble in something for a moment, but 
you know, what do you, what's your consumption look like on a daily basis, on a yearly basis? Like, mm. like how does that, you know, and I, I think that's a, a, because that's the thing that's going to support the system, right? Is, you know, and we know minerals, we, we, we know that probably the two most profound things you can do for your whole system is, is hydration, uh, minerals and, and, and to be hydrated, which minerals and hydration are actually interconnected as well. Yeah. But those are, that's probably, those are like the foundation, foundation, uh, you know, nutritional things that we're all, besides our breath, you know, besides not breathing correctly. Mate, one last question for you, because I know you're busy, but um, I was reading an article recently about nose breathing and how you said that we've become an, a, a world of mouth breathers instead of nose breathers. What's, yeah. the, what's the benefit of breathing through the nose compared to through the mouth? And I, mind you, I had a nose operation recently, I had nose surgery to fix a deviated septum, and now yeah. I can breathe and it's an absolute game changer. Yeah. So... Well, first of all, we've always bred through our. No we've always been breathing through our nose, and just recently, in the last two hundred years, we're not sure why. Um, there's a guy, Patrick uh, McDougal, that wrote a book that we work with. This, and he's in Ireland, and he um, he uh, he did a study about it. But but the truth is, your sinuses emit a gas called uh, nitric oxide, which is a vasodilator, which helps your body absorb oxygen. But it's also the filtration system for the air. And so the reason why to, to nose breathe, especially if you can, you want to learn how to nose breathe in your sleep and you want to learn how to nose breathe all the time. And, and I say the only time you use the big hole, which I call the mouth, is when you really need volume. And that's usually when you're exerting yourself yeah. at a level so far beyond your nose volume capacity, then you have to go to the mouth. That's what the mouth is for. And, and, and first it's, you go nose, mouth you know, you exhale through the mouth because the bigger part of breathing really has to do with getting rid of the bad air than it does actually getting the good air in. So it's more about that. And that, and you know that when you're training, it's all about, uh, it's all about an exhale. Um, but, but the nose is, uh, like I said, the filtration of the air and the nitric uh, oxide that, that is the vasodilator. And then it reduces volume, the overall volume of, of, of air, which allows the body to become more CO2 uh, tolerant, right? So, and CO2 tolerance is, is directly connected to performance, but it's also connected to a bunch of other uh, diseases. And so, um, and the alkalinity of the system, when the system, when the body, um, the, the, the body's not able to operate on, into a high acidity, then, then we have a, a, a bunch of, of health related. And, and uh, the, the, again, the book, The Oxygen Advantage, um, that my friend Patrick wrote is a, is a, is a, is a very good book specifically on nose breathing and giving you all of the, all of the benefits. But, you know, if, if you said to someone, you know, what's the one thing I could do to really make a difference in my overall health? Uh, it would, I would say that nose breathing is probably the single uh, biggest factor to implement into there. And a lot of people actually that have um, that need that, that, most cases of deviated septum actually could can be resolved from nose breathing alone that right. nose breathing yeah. alone because of because of the nitric oxide and being a vasodilator that over weeks of it begin to expand the nose cavity and open the whole system up but if but because you got a surgery and you're open now you're ready to to roll but nose breathing for your overall health by far uh you know, and then hydration and some other stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, people are always talking about working out and I'm like, you're not sleeping right. You're not hydrated. You're not breathing right. 
and you want to talk about working out, never mind working out. And in a way, working out is hard on you. Like working out is a breaking down of the system, right? We're pounding the system mm -hmm. and you need, and, and what we don't do, because we're pretty good at pounding the system. We just, our living is pounding our system. What we don't do, and that's kind of the philosophy of XPP and what we do a lot of is to nurture the system, right? So we want to, we, we know the nice thing about heat and ice is that they're doing both those, right? They're taxation because uh, thermal regulation is the most energy consuming process that, that the body does, which, which means that your body takes more energy for your body to heat itself up and cool itself off than it does do to, for it to do anything else. That's why people that live in cold climates have enormously high fat diets and no obesity. The Eskimos are eating blub, whale blubber and they're skinny. I mean, so we know that hot and cold take that taxation on the system. And then you produce a bunch of hormones that are highly beneficial to your health. And then it's, and then it's, you know, the, 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 those. So if you said in a, you know, in, 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 in a degree of importance, what, what, what's the scale look like? Well, it would be like, okay, well, we, we know to breathe right. Right. First of all, let's just go right to the top. Then we know we need hydration minerals we, or, or what's to say, breathe right, sleep right, hydration minerals, and then, thermoregulation and that stuff. And then we can get into other forms of, you know, training and working out. But those things right there, just for overall health, if you just implement, and by the way, those aren't, those aren't that difficult. It's not like you go down to the gym and lift for three hours every, you know, five days a week. I mean, this is some, you know, breathe through your nose. Okay. And you're going to you throw earth in there. Throw earth in there. We've got to walk barefoot everywhere. I walk barefoot everywhere as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. Right. My mouth in. I was, I was literally breathing through my nose only. <laughs> when I was listening to Lee. I'm like, don't breathe through your mouth, breathe through your nose. Well, I, I think um, it's good because you can just be sitting at your desk and doing that. So, you know, it doesn't cost anything. You don't have to, like you said, go somewhere crazy to do it. You can just do it at your desk, which is great. Um, I'm just going to sneak in one more question because I don't want to end on a nose breathing question. So sorry, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just find it really interesting that, you know, I think there's a lot of people who follow their, their passions, but don't, they can't turn it into a career. Whereas you've, been I don't even want to say lucky because it's obviously taken a lot of hard work to turn what you love into a business and I, and I do congratulate you from that because on that because it's uh, you know I, I think it's very um, admirable and I've got a lot of respect for people that do that uh, and I was reading that one of the you were saying that one of the secrets to your success is having a mentor. And that's something that Nick and I both really, really believe in because you can avoid making so many mistakes and, you know, you can save yourself a lot of money. So how has a mentor really helped you get to where, or mentors helped you get to where you want to go? And do you think it's really important that people find themselves a mentor? Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, first of all, I always, I always have said that if you ever want to be good at something, go where the people, the best at it are, and you will be good at it. Like you're just, just being there and seeing people do it correctly will make you better. So that's the first thing. I think that the, the, that, you know, if you're interested in something and you want to be good at something, well, go where people are, you know, go to where people are meet, you know, find somebody that's good at it befriend them or go where the people that are good at it are, um, you know, and because at the end of the day, monkey see monkey do. Right. So we're, we're, we, we, 
as a species operate very well at having an example. And, you know, I always say it's the difficult to be the monkey that doesn't see and does, and that has its whole another set of complications. But when you want to do something, you know, and, and that includes how you want to be. Now, if you want to be a certain kind of person, you know, then go or, or look to people that are good at being the kind of person that you want to be. Like, do you, if you want to be a certain kind of father, if you want to be a certain kind of mother, if you want to see, be a, a, a certain kind of business person, you want to be a certain athlete, you know, find somebody who represents what you admire and, 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 and watch and look at it. And, you know, the, the truth is some of it may prove itself to be, you know, how not to be as then how to be, but that will still be important <laughs> because sometimes it's more important to know what you don't want to do than it is to know what you want to do. So I think that that's a big, I think that's, you know, and that, and that's one of the uh, gifts that we have, uh, that we have, that we're, that we have books and we have history and we have people to admire that are doing things. I mean, not as many as we should, or, you know, it seems as of lately, but you know, that's the, that's what we have. We have that, we have that, we, we, we're unique in that way, you know, that we have the ability to really kind of look, look and, and, and we have these examples living or not living, but just, but we have, we have evidence of it. And so, you know, apps, absolutely. Uh, and then, and then you have to, and then you just have to put your feet in the water. So there's always that last little caveat, get your, you know, have your mentor, look up to him be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I won't do that. And then you just, then you got to go do it. Then, right. then that's the last, that's the last piece, you know. So it's the hardest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing. Well, um, as you know, from the start of this call, Nick's a massive fan of yours. <laughs> he's a keen, he can barely swim to be honest, but he's a keen <laughs> Boogie border. <laughs> but I thought, um, like, what better way for him to to get to know you a bit better than for him to learn how to stand up on a surfboard? Because you haven't it's surfed. More for Lisa here, let's be honest. Have you surfed before, Nick? A couple of times. Okay. Well, like, you can learn from the best. So, um, if you don't mind, we'd love to get your techniques on how to stand up on a board. Because I remember learning how to surf, and you you got to practice on the land to before you um get out on the water. But I'd love if you could demonstrate to us, and we'll we'll go along with you as well. Um, how to jump up on a board, the land. Well, 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 first of all, I think we all do it the same. But you know, the one thing you have to talk about when you talk about learning how to surf is that standing up is the reward for all of the work oh, the i know work comes, the work comes in the paddling <laughs> but the work comes in the, the work comes in the paddling like the paddling the effort it takes to get yourself out in, yep. you know you, if you boogie board or you're i mean to get yourself out there and to get yourself on a wave and the timing and understanding you know it, it's a little bit like you know they well people call they're called painters but actually they should be called taping and cockers like they have to cock and tape to to be able to paint well surfing should be called paddling and 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 wave judgment you know because the reward of, of getting your feet but it's just like a burpee right i mean in a way it's a it's it's a it's a it's a burpee you're on your stomach you're okay, laying so down we're, we're, you, we're ready to learn okay you gotta get your camera ready nick you've got to do this oh, fuck. <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah, you gotta get on your you gotta get on your stomach so, okay, so you get on your stomach. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, 
You're on your stomach, and then yep. you spring. Nick, you got to get the camera. We can't even see you. Yeah, so you're so you're laying flat. Get your yeah, you're laying flat. Then you put your hand by your side. Put your hand by your side, and you're gonna press up and bring your feet underneath up to your hands for one foot. So one foot will come all the way to where your hands are. But in one motion, yeah, that's right there. That there was it. Go, <laughs> that was it. That oh was it. That was, first, that was your first dry land surf lesson. I suddenly <laughs> feel very old, Liz. Huh? I suddenly feel very old. I feel like I pulled about 10 muscles. <laughs> oh, <settle> down. <laughs> Thank you. If you were in a bikini, it wouldn't have been so bad. Then you would. <laughs> the leather jacket suits her. Yeah. When you're in a jacket and some, le and some pants, it makes it a little difficult. <laughs> I actually feel inspired to go, to go out to the ocean again. Yeah, yeah, we just need to be warm. How is it where you guys are right now? Is it warm? It's freezing. Fresh. Yeah, fresh. Fresh, not freezing. Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a combination of fresh and freezing. But you got to go to Hawaii. That's why you need some tropics to get the, you know. Make it we actually, um, we can't leave the country until probably end of 2021. Is that right? Yeah, it's complete lockdown here. So no international travel, no interstate travel. Complete lockdown. So it's, no one can come or go out of there right now? No. Nah, no one right? can come in, no one can leave. If you, yeah, it's, oh, fuck. It's insane. That's heavy, yeah. It's heavy. I didn't, realize, I didn't realize that you guys were so, that you guys were so clamped right now. Especially in Melbourne. Um, so yeah. you can't even travel into state and it's locked down until 2021. But the whole, but the whole country's like that too, right now? Uh, it is, but Melbourne's probably the worst. So we're in yeah. level four restrictions. Yeah. So there's protests in the streets. We won't go there. No, no, no. There's protests at the moment. It's it's getting hairy. Now, where's the closest surf spot for you? Where do you uh, Bell's Beach. Oh Tour. yeah, Bell's. I've been there. Yeah. Oh, amazing. We'll like, definitely have to uh, either um, you come out and hopefully see us, or we'll come out and see you. And <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Nick on a board. <laughs> wow, that, like a fair trade. that sounds like a fair trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I, Thank you so much for your time, Lad. It was an time. absolute pleasure. It's been an honor. Yeah, my, my, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. And uh, be focused on what's important, which right now we're just training in the family, you mm -hmm. know, being healthy and, and spending time with friends and family.